0: Hey, Josh, we've got some actual football to talk about. Oklahoma spring game came over the weekend, and it was an electric atmosphere. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are
1: Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked
0: On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up Sooners Nation and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also read my work covering the Sooners over at the SoonersWire.com. You can also f- follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And joining me is Josh Helmer, 94.7, the ref in Norman. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. And you hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. Josh, what a weekend it was in Norman, Oklahoma.
1: I think everybody's still buzzing from the spring game that was the record setting attendance, uh, not just for Oklahoma in their spring game history, but really the fact that you combine that with it being the largest spring game crowd nationally, that's what Brent Venables and this coaching staff, it's what they've been harping on for a long time. And for the fans to deliver in the fashion that they did You know, obviously we're going to talk about tonight as well, how Dylan Gabriel looked and Javante Barnes and several of the other newcomers and then some familiar faces, but really the biggest highlight of the weekend that was for Oklahoma, it was was you, Sooner Nation.
0: Way to go. Way to go, everybody, and way to go, me. I was out there as well, and it was my first experience being out there, and I was absolutely blown away by the number of people I saw showing up to an exhibition game a inter-squad scrimmage um, in the spring. It was incredible to see. And walking in the stadium, as soon as you get through the gate, you just feel the energy. Even though you're just in the concourse, everybody's still getting their concessions, you could feel the excitement of something new, something being birthed uh, out there in Norman. The the Brent Venables era is 100% underway. And I think it was just really good and cathartic really for Oklahoma Sooners fans just to get out there and support their team after the last four months, almost five months now of just everything that's gone on and all of the whether it's the, the Colin Cowards of the world, just kind of taking pot shots regularly at Oklahoma Sooners fans just to get out there and be family as Brent Venables talks about constantly just it's family and just be out there with your, with your people. And I mean, you get into the stands and you're talking with people that you've never met before. You're just excited to be there and, and supporting the team and having a good time. And, and it was great, man. It was such a fun environment. And even though it was a bit challenging taking my, my 20 month old with us, a little toddler, he, he did not like being held the entire time. Um, it was still fun at different times. Like, you know, my, my daughter just absolutely loved the atmosphere. She's six. Loved just watching the cheerleaders you know, do their thing at work and, and watching the Sooner Schooner. When the Sooner Schooner went out, uh, the first time that we saw it, her eyes just lit up and her jaw dropped. She's like, oh, it was incredible. And um, it, it was one of those things that like that's why you take kids to those kind of events, because you can't recreate those things in, in other walks of life. Like I just remember me as a kid going to my first baseball game and walking through the tunnel and seeing this pristine field out there. That's kind of how I felt at the spring game too, is walking out the tunnel, looking down on Owen field and seeing just the, the beautifully manicured and well-designed field. Um, it, it was just immaculate. And it was, it kind of brought me back to being a kid, even though I'm 39, it just brought me back to, I was nine years old and, and walking in on the stadium. It was just amazing. And the crowd was really into it. You know, it's, it's kind of hard. It's hard to know what to cheer for in those games because you're like, you, you want to cheer for the defense. You want to cheer for the offense, but, Everybody was just kind of, you know, really enjoying just being there and being a part of what was going on. And, and it doesn't hurt that there were several, you know, big events happening along the way. And Brent Venables was kind of the keynote speaker, so to speak, of, of all of it, you know, really kind of the MC for the event. And I, I, that's just a dude that just gets fired, people fired up. It doesn't matter if you're a player, you're a fan, a former player, a recruit. Like everybody is just drawn to this guy. And I think that's part of the reason that they were able to get such a great turnout in this event. It's Brent Venables.
1: No doubt that he has clearly united this fan base. Everything, before I talk on Brent Venables, just real quickly, the presentation itself the number six and the Heisman logo for Baker Mayfield at the 25s. We were wondering what that was going to be. It had gotten teased by the grounds crew at Oklahoma and kind of had an inkling that, okay, well, something, a nod to Baker Mayfield would be appropriate. Good chance that that was the direction they would go. And Sure enough, that's exactly the direction we had at the 25. Just the presentation itself was tremendous uh, by Oklahoma. Now Brent Venables, the – right from the get-go, right? The speech, the way he addressed the contingent of former players Mm -hmm. that were there to specifically take the moment aside and to say that, hey, you are the ones that built this. You are the reason we're having this red-white spring game today and the reason why this spring game today in Norman, Oklahoma matters. The reason why people are excited about me and the future of this program, it's you, the former players. And that's really symbolic for kind of the approach that it seems Brent Venables has taken ever since he hopped off the airplane over at Max Westheimer Airport in Norman, Oklahoma, and was officially the head coach here at OU. He has brought folks together. And, you know, I've heard a couple of people say this this weekend, and it's true. When Oklahoma fans get challenged a little bit, and Oklahoma fans got challenged by Lincoln Riley basically telling the program, you know, It's not good enough for me. USC is uh, better for me and my future. When Oklahoma fans get pushed and challenged in that way, and Brent Venables comes out and says, hey, we need this to be the largest, the greatest spring game nationally. So when we bring these recruits on campus this weekend, it matters, and we can show them that Oklahoma football is the biggest, the baddest, and the best nationally Oklahoma fans answered the call, right? It, it makes you think back to, I, I'm trying to think, was it before the Texas Tech jump around game when Bob Stoops made some pointed remarks about the Oklahoma fan base, specifically before that Texas Tech game where you ran away from them in uh, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium? And, of course, it's you know famous for the, the jump around being played and all that. I think that was the game that Bob Stoops beforehand said, you know, not in these exact words, but – you know, sometimes the fan base could be a little better. You guys responded back then, and you certainly responded this weekend for the spring game. It was just awesome. I mean, 75,000 people for a red-white spring game, John, is – it almost defies logic. I, I'm shocked. When, when I heard that they had sold upwards of 60,000 seats, of course I believed it because it's from Toby Rowland, but I was – I was awed by that figure. The fact that it got to 75,000 – is nothing short of incredible, and you have to think that all those recruits that were in town this weekend, man, they had to be blown away.
0: Yeah, they've definitely taken notice, and Caden Green kind of had the, one of the best kind of series of tweets, a four-star offensive lineman coming out of Missouri who is looking like he's on target to commit to Oklahoma at some point. You know, He had two different tweets, and one was, looks like quite a few people, and then the second one was a quote tweet of the first one and just said, it's unreal. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of how I felt too. I just kept looking around and, and, you know, after, as the first quarter went on, you know, we went to the, the high upper deck because we realized we weren't going to be able to get into the lower bowl. And, you know, we got midway up the upper deck and then, you know, not by midway through the first quarter, it's just all full up there. And just incredible, incredible atmosphere. And, you know, the recruits took notice and, you know, the former players, I think took notice too, just like how welcomed they felt, how excited, People were to see them. I saw countless pictures on Twitter of of people taking pictures with, you know, Sterling Shepard. I mean, you got the legends there, like Adrian Peterson as well, but like Nick Basquin was there and you know Gino Grissom and like just saw all these you know guys that were great sooners, maybe, maybe not had maybe have not had you know great professional careers, but they were great sooners and they had big impacts for the team. And it was cool to just see all of them united in one front coming back to, to support the program. And I think the fans, you know, the fan support that moves the needle for recruits, the former players showing up and being a part of the program, that's going to move the needle for recruits as well. Especially when you have guys that are hall of famers or future hall of famers or legends of college football, or just legends of the program being there and being available. And yeah, I I think that's going to just, resonate with a ton of families a ton of recruits and not just the people that were there but the people who weren't there you know all the recruits that are going off to a spring game or maybe there's just you know 15 to 20,000 or 10,000 or if you're at Oklahoma State it was kind of a quasi spring game you know like th- that thing's gonna it's gonna resonate you know the the, the recruits that were elsewhere they're gonna be like man maybe next year I'll go to Oklahoma spring game if I'm a 2024 recruit or 2023, maybe I'm going to go to that one instead of this other one maybe I'm looking at. Or maybe I'm going to reconsider Oklahoma now because of the, the support that their fan base you know throws out to that program. It, it was just really exciting to see. Anything else that you want to mention on just kind of the atmosphere before we dig into the actual game itself?
1: Oklahoma fans have proven this in the past, and they proved it with this spring game. If they're challenged, they can answer the call and prove that they are, if not the best, right there with anybody else as the best fan base in college football. I thought they proved that this weekend. The fan base wants the challenge of the SEC. I think we've seen the fan base at times in years past, kind of like a predator waiting to snatch its prey. Yeah, that's, that's too boring. I don't want that. I want a challenge. I think the yeah. fan base at times has been bored a little bit with what the Big 12 Conference presents. And we see that when they're challenged, this fan base can be frothing at the mouth. And I thought they were this weekend. And just uh, real quickly on the players that came back, I mean, how cool is that for everybody that's on campus, the recruits too, just to see Oklahoma have not just the type of support from the fan base, but the type of support from the Mark Claytons, from the Adrian Petersons, and the list just goes on and on and on. These guys are bought into what Brent Venables is doing, what this coaching staff is doing. And it's hard after a weekend like this. He's not coached a football game in Norman, but it's hard to not feel like, man, this guy, he's got this thing cooking. They're about to be winning big.
0: Yeah, on paper, this is a, the culture national champion right now. we got to see what happens when they get on the field in September, but just from where the, the program is, is heading and the direction it's heading, it feels really good. It feels really positive. All that's going to matter is wins and losses ultimately, but you, you got to set a firm foundation. And in four short months, Brent Venables has assuredly done that. Like Everybody's got to be ecstatic about the foundation that he's built just in the four months that he's been here. And it's hard to believe that it's not going to translate to wins and losses when games start getting played in the fall. We're going to talk about the spring game, what we liked, what stood out, um, and maybe some of the things that maybe stood out in a negative way. I don't know. I kind of shy away from that a little bit just because of the at the, the type of game it was. But uh, there's a lot of there's plenty of positive things that stood out in that game. But first, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's 100 covered in chocolate. It tastes great, and it's great for you. Most bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs. And 17 grams of protein. It's low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They taste great. It's better than a candy bar at times because it's actually got good protein content where your candy bar is going to have a really high sugar content. It's not going to be really good for you, but a built bar is going to taste great too. So go to built.com, use promo code locked on, and you can try the mint brownie, the coconut, coconut almond. You can get a box where you can get one of each flavor and figure out which one's your favorite. I love going back to the coconut brownie chunk and the peanut butter brownie. Those are my two favorites. So go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order over at built.com. I also want to talk to you about Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a daily nutritional supplement that combines all of the vitamins and nutrients that you need into one potential drink one drink where you can just mix athletic greens and one scoop into your water into your cup of coffee whatever it may be and you can get all the nutrients and fiber and electrolytes and quality vitamins that you need to go about your day to create better gut health to create better health with immune supporting uh, Athletic Greens and Athletic Greens is going to give you a free 1-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/college again that is athleticgreens.com/college to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We want to thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And get ready to check out the Locked On NFL Draft live coverage. For the first time ever, Locked On is hosting a live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team and experts and draft gurus. Tune in for all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th from 7 p.m. on. Available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. All right, Josh, let's dig into the game here. First of all, just kind of what stood out to you as kind of the biggest positive takeaway from this game?
1: Oh, man. Uh, Probably, and even though it was just one grab, you know, I mentioned going in and I think multiple times on this podcast, not just last week building up to the spring game, but even in some of the other episodes before that, to me, the greatest sign that Oklahoma could have positive, you know, coming out of this spring game was going to be Theo Weiss looking like Theo Weiss. It was only one grab. Now it was, uh, it really set up the first touchdown for Javante Barnes for score of the day. And it was a 48 yard grab for Theo Weiss, but I just thought that was, gigantic for Oklahoma to see that it's uh there's there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a big time factor for the Sooners I think we all sort of feel like if he's not the number one wide receiver which most people would say that's more of a mims going in then certainly Theo Weiss is the prime candidate to be your number two wide receiver and he's got a chance right I mean you can't rule out that Theo Weiss could be a number one wide receiver on this Oklahoma team, given his five-star status coming in in some of the things that he's done in the past. But we know that he's going to be a big, big, big factor for what Oklahoma hopes to accomplish offensively. So even in one grab, again, I get it. It's just the one grab for 48 yards early. I needed to see that, and we got to see that. So I thought that was great.
0: Yeah, he had one target on, on the afternoon, and he made that one target count. Like, that was a huge play. In in the game, I mean, and like you said, it's it's important to see a guy like that being able to put up a big play like that because he's been, for the most part, he's been out of football since August of last year after suffering the injury. Played, you know, had some practice time, things like that, but getting into something that's more like a game, that, that matters. And getting your feet wet, kind of getting the rust knocked off a little bit, that that was huge. And you mentioned Marvin Mims, and I think that was, a, a, it was good to see them trying to get him involved heavily. It seemed like, they were targeting him. Um, you know, he only ended up with two targets on the day, but I felt like, or sorry, yeah, two targets, no, five targets on the day. They're really trying to get him involved. He only had two catches for 41 yards, but still five targets. There were a lot of games last season where he didn't have five targets in the game. There were some with like two, three. He was one of the more underutilized players on the team. He's fifth in reception or tied for fourth in receptions, but had 702 yards. And he's already back to that averaging 20 yards per reception. He had two catches for 41 yards. So got to love what you see from Marvin Mims sticking with the wide receiver group. You know, I think Cody Jackson, Jalil Farouk showed some things, but it was a little bit up and down at times for those two.
1: Yeah. Good to see though, especially for Cody Jackson. Uh, I mean, that's something that again, you start thinking about the depth of this wide receiver core and you need somebody like a Cody Jackson who knows what type of Knicks you might pick up along the way next football season so you need to have some able bodies even if Cody Jackson going in isn't kind of right there on your your too deep which I think there's a good chance that he just might be mm-hmm. you you know just the more depth that you can have obviously for Oklahoma you need it so I thought it was good to see him get involved we feel like Jaleel Farouk that the Valero Alamo Bowl was his coming out party. That we're going to look at it, you know, back on the Valero Alamo Bowl as just that for Jaleel Farouk. I thought, you know, I was taken by Jaden Gibson, what he did in this spring game. I came away very impressed with his acceleration, his ability to create separation. We know that he's a big bodied guy coming in. I mean, that's probably the number one thing that you pick up on with Jaden Gibson looking at him out there. And then certainly just when you <laughs> read the recruiting bio, right? When you first read that, you say, okay, wow, this guy's got the the type of big time frame that you wanted a place so like Oklahoma. So I thought that was great for OU if we're talking wide wide receivers.
0: Yeah, Jaden Gibson had nine targets on the day. I mean, He'll end up with three catches. That'll be something that he and his quarterback crew will have to work on is just better efficiency. But it it was evident that they wanted to get him involved and see what he had to offer and and I mean, you keep throwing the ball to him, eventually he's going to make a big play. And he showed that on uh, on Saturday with the big uh, 95-yard touchdown reception. At running back, man, Javante Barnes was definitely the story. 17 carries. They, they were going to ride that guy. Uh, and I think that's a good sign. Like, he had 60 yards, couple touchdowns. I thought he ran really physically. I thought he ran with purpose. Um, you know, it's difficult, I think, with, with the way they split up the offensive line. You're going to have a little bit of a lack of, continuity chemistry communication where it may not be as fluid in the run blocking schemes and in the pass blocking as we saw but i felt like just the effort he gave and i felt like there were times where he was like just this close to to breaking one for you know a 15 20 yard gain but uh, you like what you see out of a true freshman a a kid that you know dylan gabriel talked about nick anderson jaden gibson last week about they should be getting ready for prom javante barnes is another one of those guys that should be getting ready for prom and graduation but he ran he ran like a man out there like he was not intimidated by the fact that he was playing college football with these guys that are 22 23 years old he ran like he belonged and like somebody that you could give the ball to 20, 25 times a game as a true freshman and just see what happens, if he's productive enough. And I, I think that was a really encouraging takeaway.
1: Well, and DeMarco Murray being the man leading the red team probably wanted to look at that himself. Yeah. You know, th- these guys in high school will get plenty of touches, but it's a little bit different at the college level when you start getting into that 20 and, and up. Carry range for a running back. I mean, you're talking about that's a serious workload now, and you're taking some some hits and an accumulation of hits from some big-bodied human beings. So probably Demarco Murray kind of wanted to see what Javante Barnes would look like carrying 17 times as he did on Saturday in the spring game. I thought he was good in the the goal line area too. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know that's how they. Well, either team, that's how they scored the first touchdown of the day was after the big Theo Weese. Reception. Javante Barnes was able to plunge it in from, what, a yard out and score a touchdown there. So that was a positive sign to see when talk about running backs. Eric Gray, you know, I thought he did some nice things on Saturday as well. And, you know, on the one big run that Eric Gray had, uh, McCabe Mataglia is the one that sprung the thing open at left guard. So that was a good sign to see.
0: Yeah, they didn't give Eric Gray many opportunities, but I figure that's kind of going to be – Maybe his role. He's going to be a guy that's hyper efficient. Maybe only gets 10 to 15 touches in a game, but he's going to make the most of them, like he did on Saturday, where he had a 50 yard run. Like, you want to get this guy in space where he can use that electric ability. We got some more takeaways that we're going to share with you uh, after I talk to y'all about Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. You can also get in on UFC action, future NFL and NCAA action as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today to use your mobile device or learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, Josh. Now we've we've spent a little bit of time talking running backs, we've talked wide receiver. Now we gotta talk about quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. I thought he had a really good showing. There's probably a couple of throws that he'd like to have back, but that's gonna happen in any, you know, first game of the season kind of a thing or first game of you know, the spring game really. Um, we're four months out from live action against UTEP and I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. You know, he was 19 to 29 for 250, two touchdowns and an interception. If you combine the red and the white team um, I felt like the only decision that I think I would have questioned with was the, the interception. Um, I can't remember the, the Kendall Dennis, Kendall Dennis picked off a pass intended for Jaleel Farouk. He Jaleel Farouk was not open in the slightest, but that was one of those Dylan Gabriel, just trying to throw it up and let his guy make a play. But otherwise, I thought he was really crisp. I thought he was accurate. I thought he showed a lot of really nice things. What about you?
1: And you got a serious look at Dylan Gabriel because, again, he was quarterbacking so much for both teams. You know, 19 completions of 28, 29 passes, whatever it was that you mentioned there. He he threw the football around, spun it around a little bit in uh oklahoma which is good i mean nice for him to get used to what playing football is like a Gaylord family oklahoma memorial stadium where you know it, it probably it a little bit yeah
0: well, that's exactly what I,
1: exactly what i was getting at not the same conditions as maybe you're used to down there in florida maybe not always as humid as it can get down there in florida but in terms of just the wind and swirling around and some of the things that you can deal with down here on the great plains of oklahoma Welcome, Dylan Gabriel. Now you've experienced it. No, I thought he was good. I thought he was good for the most part. I mean, obviously, um, like you said earlier, it's sort of, it's sort of, you feel bad that you saw Dylan Gabriel throw an interception, but you're kind of like, okay, well, that's nice to see Kendall Dennis. Make a play. Yeah, that's that's exactly. the oddity of the spring game. You're sort of pulled in different directions to what do I root for here? Generally speaking, though, I thought overall uh, a productive day for Dylan Gabriel. I'm confident that he's got things headed in the right direction for this offense. Seems to be pretty well in command of what Jeff Levy wants him to, you know, how he wants him to be running the show, at least as of right now. So all in all, I mean, I don't, you know, I wasn't going to come away, I don't think, too high about Dylan Gabriel or too low coming out of the spring game either but I, I thought it was a good productive day for him and certainly got a lot of work
0: yeah I think it's a good start and I think the benefit of having him with this team is because he's got experience in the offense you spoke of command that experience matters and, and it's going to help everybody get on the same page and and it gives them something to build on as they look to the uh, to the summer and to the fall. I felt like it was a really, really strong performance. Gives them enough positive takeaways that they can build upon, some negative things that they can look at and be like, all right, we got to work on this. I think it was great for a spring game atmosphere that they get all of that because you don't want to come away with it thinking, oh, we're good. We're ready to go. We're ready for UTEP September 3rd. No, you're going to have things that you can work on, and I think that's always a positive thing to be able to look at those things and and take away. I think it's hard to say what the offensive line – looked like i mean the the defensive well i think we need to talk more about the defense on tomorrow's episode because we're running out of time on this show but overall i I mean the offensive line did some nice things they had some good protection but again it's it's a mismatch of guys that are going to be playing together we don't know who the starting five are going to be come september and so they're kind of putting units together and and breaking up the guys who are going to potentially be their starting five andrew rame didn't play at center and so you know that's a, a key component to your offensive line. And so it, it's hard to really have much to, to say one way or the other about this performance, except it seems like everybody made it through it healthy. That's a good thing. They did do some positive things. It seemed like Dylan Gabriel at times had some time, uh, but yeah, but the defense did have some moments where they were able to break through with the pass rush um, in a, again, a game where they're not going to be tackling the quarterback. It, it's hard to gauge Exactly. Would they have brought down the quarterback had they been able to do that? Uh, The defense was credited for, I think it was five sacks on one side of the field and four on the other. Um, So uh, kind of an up and down performance from the offensive line. But again, we don't know who the starting five is yet. Not all of them were present. They're mixed and matched together. So it's going to be hard to have great continuity and chemistry against an aggressive Brent Venables defense in a exhibition game.
1: Yeah, and that's just the way that it is in a spring game scrimmage like that. You almost wonder, too, just listening to what you just said there, you know, the quarterback can't get touched up. He can't be sacked in a game like this. Not that it should take any of your edge away, but you almost – the fact that an offensive lineman, a tackle, a guard, center, whoever, doesn't really have to worry about protecting their quarterback in a game like this? Does that sort of adversely work against them? It shouldn't, right? You want to go out there and perform your best, but I don't know. When you've got that extra wrinkle mixed in to where, yeah, you need to protect your quarterback to avoid him getting touched up or hit, uh, gives you a little extra incentive to to be more on time on your pass blocking and this and that. But obviously the biggest thing is just the mixing and matching of – starters across the board for both the red and the white team Uh, it it was clear just with some of the players that were split up and and, you know across the teams that it wasn't the starting offensive line on either the red or the white team it was sort of mixed and matched so I'm not going to get super carried away either positively or negatively for either the offensive or the defensive line if there was any big negative to take away just for me if I had to really nitpick on what I thought was a Terrific day for the program all around when you just think about the fan base and everybody that was back, you know, former players, etc. break pitables, pumping up the crowd, everything about it. Fans, you were awesome. If I had to pick one thing that probably I would like cleaned up, just the turnovers, you know, Dylan Gabriel, yeah. the interception. Look, I get it. Kendall Dennis, it's a nice play by him you'd like to have that throwback. The fumble, you'd like to not be coughing the football up. So, you know, rather than the offensive or defensive line giving too much praise to the defensive line or, you know, being, you know, too negative of the offensive line, just for me is, hey, let's take care of the football, guys.
0: Yeah, they had a a fumble at the goal line. And then there was one, I think it was Drake Stoops fumbled the ball deep in his own territory, uh, giving the red team a short field, uh, which was pretty much what allowed them to build their lead early on um, the white team made it a, a closer game at the end but red was able to jump out to a pretty big lead because of the turnovers and yeah that's that's something you definitely want to see them clean up and it's not going to be you're not going to be able to win big games if you turn the football over and so while it was just an exhibition game the mentality has to be we got to protect the football better um, but credit to the defense for making the plays that, that we are there to make um, you just got to be a little bit better. It's Rick-
1: it's a spring game, man. Yeah, That's yeah. the get and yang of it. It's That's wow. Right. We gotta gotta take care of the football. Well, we did force some takeaways.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think that was uh, that was Brent Venables' reaction too. He's like, man, all those all those turnovers. It's not good. But hey, look at all those turnovers. They were pretty good. <laughs> uh, anyway, but hey, a couple other notes we want to touch on. To Walker, walk on uh, transfer, uh, had 13 carries for 55 yards. Looked pretty solid. Averaged four yards a carry. Uh, had a touchdown as well. Um, he also ended up with uh, two catches for 31 yards. So really intriguing uh, walk-on running back there. Uh, and then, it, yeah, there wasn't really much else from the quarterbacks. Kind of Ralph Rucker had the best day out of the backups, going five and nine uh, for 62 yards. And, yeah, I mean, Cody Jackson, three for 21. We talked about Theo is one for 48. Daniel Parker, the tight end transfer from Missouri, had two for 14. Braden Willis had two for 30. Uh, on two targets. Uh, So yeah, everybody got, a lot of people got involved. A lot of people, you know, provided some opportunities for, for big plays. Jason Llewellyn had one reception for 19 yards. So good to see him make a big play as well. So anything else that you want to highlight or touch on before we wrap up here, Josh?
1: Again, I just think sooner fans, you are the star of the weekend. You made a statement nationally you that's right there's only one and it's oklahoma and you guys made a statement man that was incredible the environment that you guys created this weekend for oklahoma football it's going to pay dividends in recruiting so i mean we could talk the rest of the week about different things that stood out speaking of guys that made receptions that i wasn't expecting daniel parker had a couple of grabs i thought this guy was uh, only supposed to be a run blocking tight end yeah, so yeah. there was a, a lot of excitement from the spring game but again i just thought Awesome environment. So cool to see that happen in Norman, Oklahoma, after Brent Venables and company spent however long talking about it needed to happen in Norman, Oklahoma. Oklahoma fans made a statement that, uh, you know, you poke the bear, we're going to go ahead and show up 75,000 strong
0: right? Best is the standard. That's what Brent Venables always says is best is the standard and Oklahoma showed their best on Saturday, creating a new standard for spring games across college football. Don't let any other fan base mislead you. Every one of them would have loved to have the turnout that they had that Oklahoma had at their spring game um, at USC or in Austin or out there in Athens or Tuscaloosa who had good turn good attendance at their spring games. But Oklahoma, number one nationally for spring game attendance, and it's going to translate, and it will. Josh Pate, 247 Sports, he talked about it on his show. Attendance at spring games, it matters. Go check that out. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. We're going to talk about the defensive side of the football, what stood out from the spring game, and maybe what what was the impact on the recruiting trail. We'll talk a little bit about that because there's already some stuff coming down the pipeline as well. OU softball had a big weekend series that we'll touch on as well. But for Josh, I'm John. We'll catch you next time. Boomer Sooner.